Welcome to the podcast of Trinity Presbyterian Church in Owasso, Oklahoma. Our passion is to show that grace changes everything in Jesus Christ by equipping you to rest in worship, grow in community, and rediscover your calling. To join our body in financial support of this ministry, visit our website at trinityowasso.com. Okay, friends, if you have a Bible, if you would please grab it and open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. When you get toward the end of the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul speaks to them about what he received as of first importance. The gospel by which you are being saved, he says, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you. According to the scriptures, Christ died for our sins, was buried and raised again in the third day, according to the scriptures. And he says that if you don't believe in the resurrection, then you have made the apostles out to be liars. If you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, that uh, you yourself um, would be lunatics because you practically suggest that you do believe in the resurrection in your daily life. And so how can you say you don't believe in the physical resurrection? If you don't believe in the resurrection, he says, then you're lost. You're still in your sins. And then he says, the body matters for the kingdom matters. And as he comes to the very end of chapter 15, beginning at verse 35, he illustrates what kind of bodies we'll have. And so today is going to be a morning of imagining. What will it be like? If you're willing and able, would you stand with me as we read God's Word in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35, down through verse 49. But someone will ask, well, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish." There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars, for stars differ from star in glory. For so it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. What is sown in dishonor is raised in glory. What is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. 
just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but God's word stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Please. In a recent comment to a David Brooks article in the New York Times entitled, America is Falling Apart at the Seams. Memes from Chicago wrote, I am not misbehaving, but I have lost hope and mentally checked out of our national project. It started for me in 2016 when I realized that half of the country hated me. And then it was compounded by the realization that nothing whatsoever would ever be done about climate change. Everything that ha that's happened in the interim has just confirmed my opinion of my countrymen and of our trajectory. I've withdrawn into just minding my own family, hoping to add to our resources to help weather the trials to come. And in that, I recognize I am part of the problem. It's hard not to be, I guess, when you're hopeless. There's an uh, American indie band named uh, the Purple Mountains who has a song that epitomizes the worldview of the secular West and of our neighbors and of many of our default modes of thinking. And their song is called Margaritas at the Mall. Have you ever heard this song? The lyrics go, drawn up all my feelings and I warn you they are candid. My everyday begins with the reminder that I have been stranded on this planet where I've landed beneath this gray and granite sky, a place I wake up blushing like I'm ashamed to be alive. How long can a world go on under such a subtle God? How long can a world go on with no new word from God? See the plod of the flawed individual looking for a nod from God, trotting the sod of the visible with no new word from God. We are just drinking margaritas at the mall. That's what this stuff adds up to after all. Magenta, orange, acid green, peacock blue and burgundy, drinking margaritas at the mall. Standing in the shadows of the signpost on the road, 50 gates of understanding, 49 are closed. What I'd give for an hour with the power on the throne. How long can a world go on under such a subtle God? How long can a world go on with no new word from God? See the plod of the flawed individual looking from a nod from God. Trotting the sod of the visible world with no new word from God. We're just drinking margaritas at the mall, this happy hour has got us all. Magenta, orange, acid green, peacock blue and burgundy, drinking margaritas at the mall. We're drinking margaritas at the mall, drinking margaritas at the mall. Memes from Chicago reminds us that so many people have mentally and physically stopped caring about much beyond their immediate surroundings. They stopped engaging the world. The world is fragile. They deconstructed it. And the Purple Mountains remind us that they have put their finger on the logical end of a secular worldview. None of these in the band are Christians. There's no transcendent truth. But they've come to the end. It's like drinking margaritas at the mall, consumerism, and then happy hour. 
Could there be more than this? In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul steps into the void of the dualistic world of the Corinthians who believe that their bodies were simply tombs for their soul. And he says, there is more than this. There is so much more to the beauty of the world because we one day, though we only see it in part, will one day be resurrected bodily, physically after Jesus who is the first fruits. There is so much more to this. And Paul says, there's so much more to this. And I know some of you are asking, well, what kind of bodies will we have? These Greeks are asking with snide remarks to Paul. And so Paul says, I'll tell you what kind of bodies we're going to have. Seeds and species illustrate the physical resurrection of our body, which is possible because Jesus died in our place and he rose again to give us a picture of our future with him. That's Paul's argument in these verses from 35 to 49, that seeds and species of animals illustrate the physical resurrection of our bodies, which is possible because Jesus died in our place and he rose again to give us a picture of our future with him. Friends, you are not living in some body that you're trying to make a God into, curating it, making it thinner, shaping it into the right kind of life. You're also not living in a body that you view as some kind of gondola where you're like bouncing around the inside. The real you is in there, looking out into the world, and you're stuck in the shell of a place that's taking you over the beautiful scenery. This is you. You are welcome to pinch yourself at any point in the sermon to remind you that you are you. Your body is essential to who you are, your physical body. Paul says, do you want to know what bodies are like? I'll tell you what bodies are like. Do you know what it's like when a seed dies? He says in verse 15, you're foolish to think that there's not a resurrection of the body because you're agriculturalists. You plant seeds every season, he says. You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. When you plant a seed... You bury it, and then what happens? It sprouts to new life. That's a picture of your resurrected body. Well, what kind of, what kind of body will it be? Well, he says in verse 38, God gives it a body as he has chosen into each kind of seed its own body. Not just seeds, but species, he says. For not all flesh is the same. There is one kind for human, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies in the sky and there are earthly bodies on the ground. But the glory of the heavenly one is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another. What Paul is saying is that you're going to have a body in glory. That's going to be just like the body you have now, but more. More. James and Rebecca read the, um, uh, the passage of Jesus, you know, having a meal with his disciples. In his resurrected body, he ate. He ate in his resurrected body. They, they, thought, he was the, they thought he was the gardener. They thought he was Jesus they, until he began to open his mouth. And he recognized, either by the tone of his voice or by the words that he said, this is Jesus. He was there, but more. His physical body was, he could walk through walls, but yet he could be touched. 
It was his body, but more. What kind of body will you have in glory? Tell me. Do you, do you even believe that you will have a body in glory? Christian, this is orthodox faith. You will have a physical body when Christ comes again to make everything new. When, when you or I, one of us in this room, will be the last one to bury everybody else in this room. And our bodies will lie in the grave. And we will, Scripture says, be in the presence of Christ. Paul says it's better by far. But we won't yet be complete until the end when our physical bodies are raised again from the dead and that we, with Christ in the new heavens and new earth, are made whole and complete without tachycardia, with all of our toes, without rheumatoid arthritis or Crohn's disease or headaches or migraines or bad eyesight. We will be whole. Friends, this is a picture of your future. Because Jesus was our first fruits to remind us of it. What kind of body will we have? They asked Paul. It'll be the body you have now, but more. The seed that sprouts in all of its beauty. What is it with the resurrection of the dead? What is sown is perishable, is raised imperishable. What is sown in dishonor is raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, but it's raised in power. Do you know how many times that you've looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, huh, I'm not, uh, some of you don't have this thought. I have this often. I am more bald than I remember. <laughs> I look at the self in my mirror and go, oh my gosh, I thought I was better looking than that. What is sown perishable will be raised imperishable. What is sown in dishonor, the Greek word for dishonor actually means what is sown in ugliness will be raised in beauty. I know some of you spend so much of your time concerned about what you physically look like and I just want you to know that the gospel is one day, one day you're going to be far more beautiful than you could ever imagine. And it's not just physically. You're going to be whole in the presence of Jesus. Why is it that our older saints have this unique ability to help us recognize that sometimes things really don't matter like we think they do? I remember when I was in high school and I began to break out with acne, I remember thinking that, oh my gosh, this is really bad. My life is over. I'll never get the job I want. Gone are all the aspirations I had. And I remember my mother said, Blake, <laughs> relax. Everybody gets acne. Everybody's embarrassed about it. It's just part of growing up. Think about what you will one day be. And I wonder how many of us are motivated to care for our bodies in light of eternity. Some of us treat our bodies like a god. And we spend an enormous amount of time trying to perfect it. And we don't really believe that that body, which is breaking down oh so fast, is going to be raised again. I don't know if this is true of you, but the ultimate picture of this in society today is, is what? What is it that you do with the phone? I wish I had my phone. I'd do it right now. What is it you do? You take a selfie, right? The selfie, that's the perfect embodiment of self. 
just hand the phone to somebody who's near you to take a picture. And some of us, some of us don't feel like the, our body is the real us, and so we mistreat it. We have horrible habits. We don't really take care of it. But the, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You should care for your physical body. Don't idolize it, but you should be a good steward of it. It's the only one you've got until the resurrection. And so we had to be people who were trying to walk in line with the truth of the gospel, not idolizing our body as a god or just thinking about our body as some gondola in which we were riding across the sky, but, you know, trapped by the physical limitations of our body. But it is, it is something that is going to be beautiful. What's it going to be like? Penny Waller when she has all of her toes. What's it going to be like when, when there are no more breaks in vertebrae? What's it going to be like when you're whole? What's it going to be like when there is no more heart disease? What's it going to be like when you can run through the woods and splash in the lakes to degrees of glory and power you can't even imagine when Jesus comes to make everything new and heaven and earth unite in the beautiful picture of the new Jerusalem? What will that be like? Do you live that way? Do you live with that kind of hope? Why is it that Polycarp could say in the presence of the beast, for 86 years I have served my God. Why could, how can I possibly deny him now? And he could face the ravaging of his own physical death before a Roman Colosseum. How could he do that? How did he do that? Because he knew that the 86-year-old body would lie in its grave, and one day it would be raised imperishable. Hallelujah. Our Buddhist brothers and sisters, I shouldn't use the word brothers and sisters, our fellow men and women who are Buddhist, our, our friends who may be Buddhist, if you know any, they believe that nirvana is how you are going to achieve the higher life. And they, they, the body is just a husk. One day it's going to just fade away. But don't you see Christianity has got so much grit to it. This is real. This is our physical bodies matter. And so therefore... The physical resurrection of the body is not just this body, but more, but also it is the doctrine of the physical resurrection of the body that teaches us that creation is indeed good. Notice what he says. He says that the first man, Adam, became a life-giving spirit, or the first that became a life-giving being, and the second Adam, the last Adam, who is Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. As was the man of dust, so also we are of dust. And as the man of heaven, Jesus, so also are we made of heaven. We are in spirited dust. Creation is good. And we should therefore be on the front lines of caring for creation in a beautiful way because creation's good. Not idolizing it, but being good stewards of it. The glorified resurrected body defends the equality and ethical treatment of all people. Human dignity is an eternal right of mankind, no matter what they believe, no matter what their disposition or character. We are to treat them. Christians have the resources to treat everybody with dignity and care, regardless of how different from us they may be. Do you talk to your uncle that you disagree with politically in that kind of way? Do you treat people in your family that disagree with you about politics with dignity? Do you communicate online with people with dignity and respect? Friends, this is 
these are the resources we have. Not only that, but a glorified, resurrected body teaches us that our bodies are intrinsic to who we are. Sexual design and creational purposes. God has given us our sexuality because He is our Creator. And He has endowed us with that. In the world of gender confusion, the gospel speaks straight to the heart and says, you, your body is intrinsic to who you are, and God did not make a mistake. And He loves you in the midst of that with all the tensions that you might feel. He is the one that has made you trust him. He loves you. He knows the tensions you feel. The glorified resurrected body is a demonstration of God's power for those whose bodies are not recoverable after death. Some of you have family members that have been killed at war. Some have been lost at sea. You couldn't recover their bodies, and you know the unique whole of that. But God is so powerful that he is going to take even their bodies lost at sea and he is going to resurrect them whole. That's going to be amazing. The power of God to be able even to reconcile what none, no human science could possibly reconcile, Jesus can do it like that. The glorified resurrected body teaches us that our bodies do not define who we are. So our, limit, our physical limitations, as you get older, you face the realities that you have more and more physical limitations. That doesn't define who you are. Some of you have chronic diseases that you'll live with your entire life. That disease does not define who you are, friend. Your Savior defines who you are. And you live in a body that will one day be redeemed and made whole. And we tell our children that though our bodies are breaking down, and though, yes, some of us are bolder than we would like to be, God is making us new when he comes again. That is our hope. And Paul says it's like a seed that's buried into the ground and it sprouts something far more beautiful than what that seed first appeared to look like. So also your resurrected body is going to be far more beautiful than you can imagine. The glorified resurrected body, belief in it leads us to deeper joy. And so you know what that means for us? It means that we can actually take ourselves a little less seriously and we can laugh at ourselves. Isn't that great? I mean, if we really have the joy of knowing that our bodies are going to be resurrected in glory, like, relax. So your six-pack is a one-pack now. It's going to be okay. Some of us never had six-packs. And I'm not, some of us don't even know what I'm talking about. Some of us, um, you know, we can just, we can, we can joke. We can laugh. There's nothing more fun in, in marriage. At least I don't get to do this to Lauren because she doesn't show any signs of aging. But I, I see signs of aging, and she can point out to me all the time, oh, you're not 27 anymore, bucko. And it's fun. Our bodies age. But we have hope in it. In the midst of a world that is just frightened and fragile, one of my gosh, what are we going to do with the body? And so they idolize it as a god or they view it like a gondola. But we have incredible resources. C.S. Lewis said in The Weight of Glory, there are no ordinary people, therefore, church. You've never talked to a mere mortal. Nations and cultures, art, civilization, these are mortal, and their life is to ours like the life of a gnat. 
but it is immortals with whom we joke and work and marry and snub and exploit immortal horrors of everlasting splendor. This does not mean that we are to be perpetually solemn. We must play, but our merriment must be of the kind, and it is, in fact, the merriest kind, which exists between people who have from the outset taking each other seriously. No flippancy, no superiority, no presumption. And we have a chance to be that kind of church now, to laugh and joke and play and to take deep joy in the fact that there is, despite whatever Dan Berman, the lead singer of Purple Mountains, might say, there is a power on the throne, amen, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ who became enfleshed for us in time and history to be able to anchor us in the midst of all of our fragility to the truest truth there has ever been and ever will be, that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These are the precious gifts that Paul extends to the Corinthians, and he also extends to you. Let's be that kind of church that has this kind of hope in the resurrection. Dan Berman, the lead singer of Purple Mountains, just before the pandemic, and just several weeks after that song was released, took his own life because the incredible fragility he saw around him with no power on the throne. And I just want to encourage us as we prepare to come to this table, we are strengthened to engage a world that is fragile. We are strengthened to engage a world that has been blood purchased by the perfect Lamb of God, the Savior of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's equipped us to go and face all the challenges that you face and that your, children's, that your children face, knowing that He is the anchor of our souls. And so much so is that, that He gives us the opportunity to be a foretaste of the resurrected life in the way that we extend forgiveness and grace and love and care and confront and repent and obey and grow and deepen in our life together. What is the best picture of resurrected life on planet Earth before death? Your experience with the people in this room, namely the church. The church is to be a foretaste of what that's like. So, as you imagine what your resurrected bodies will be like, you come to this table in hope because he will indeed come and he will make everything new. And we will bear the image. Come, Lord Jesus, of the man in heaven, our first fruits. Let's pray together. Father, would you strengthen us to know that it is the physical resurrection of your Son who is the first fruits, to remind us that creation is indeed good, that our resurrected bodies will be like our current body, but more, that we will defend the equality and the ethical treatment of all people because of the physical resurrection. Bodies matter. Lord, would you teach us that our bodies are intrinsic to who we are and yet our bodies do not define us because while we are not less than our bodies, we are certainly more. And Lord, would you demonstrate your power when the end comes, when you raise those whose bodies have been irrecoverable according to modern science, would you show us your power and glory 
as you raise them in glory? And would you allow the truths of the gospel, like the physical resurrection of our bodies, to lead this church into deeper joy? May we sing and dance and play and enjoy each other as a foretaste of glory to come.
Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Trinity, please visit our website at trinityowasso.com.